Hey everyone. Okay, we're gonna stop. When I clicked on the thing, it just started like going to play. Okay. Hey everyone, welcome out again. I'm gonna leave that probably earlier thing uh, in there. Just as as usual, because you don't like to edit. I don't. Unless somebody completely fucks up and spoils things that haven't aired that they shouldn't. Right. Way to be a dick. Rule number one: Don't be a dick. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Because Uh, we haven't recorded the podcast yet, so I haven't done anything wrong. You know what? I do have a psychic power. You think I'm going to screw up? I I think you're going to screw up. I guarantee you, I will not screw up. Let's lay some money on this. I will bet you five kerfuffles that I will not screw up. I cannot wait to take all your kerfuffles. Uh, Welcome to episode 246 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. I'm Nick Niger. With me is... Jimmy. Jerome Wetzel. And you can check out his reviews at... JeromeWetzel.com. Links to everything. That's right. And T42F, blog critics. Oh, yeah. The whole nine yards. The whole kit and caboodle for So, uh, check that out and check out his reviews. And uh, on tonight's show, uh, we have some really cool stuff we talk about. But before we get to that, let's talk about some of our fine sponsors. We have Packrat Comics at PackratComics.com. They have two- I hear that they're a very family-friendly comic place. You are correct, sir. And I also heard they're opening a second location. Is this true? This is totally true. Wow, that sounds amazing. I know. And if you're in the local Columbus, Ohio, or now Millionsville area, you can check it out. It's packratcomics.com. Check out their podcast. Is it true they have, like, board games and stuff, too? Yes, they do, actually. Wow. Yes, they do. And I, and they, you can go in. They have, like, demo games you can play mm-hmm. before you buy. Check them out or order, etc. They can also pre-order items for you. So, again, check them out. Packratcomics.com. Our other sponsor of the podcast is Audible. AudibleTrial.com forward slash GoodBadGeek if you want your free 14-day trial where you get one free audiobook and now, uh, now, do they just have like three to choose from? No, it's over 100,000 titles. 100,000? 100,000! I was going to say like maybe 300. I right, but but no, it's 100,000. And wow. you're getting bigger. How will day. I ever pick my one free? That is the difficult choice you will have to make, and it's a great choice because it's kind of like a podcast. Too. You just listen or listen while you're running. It's really fun, especially if you're on the go, a busy person like both of us are. It's nice to get a good audible uh, audio book in from so again audibletrial.com forward slash good baggy. And last but not least, because I can. Ultimate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> right? Like that one? Because I can. Ultimate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Check out the fan-based webcomic at utmnt.com. And there are links there to support uh, support it. Keep it going past issue one. So please do. But uh, you know what? Check out the comic first. I'm not going to plug that. Check out the comic first if you love it. Well, then you know what? You'll hopefully throw some love our way. Um, utmnt.com. Okay, so episode 246 is amazing. It's fun. It's a little long, but... You and I talk about a whole shitload of stuff. We talk about Ninja Turtle movie. We talk about the new show Gotham. We talk Marvel, about Marvel, Spider-Man, Batman. Oh, we talk about. I mean, well, we, we talk, spend a lot of time talking about superheroes, right? But then we also talk it feels about. Who's going to talk? Do this with it you? It does now, finally, cause because, like, yeah, because before it's Star Trek, and we're good on that a little bit. I yeah. can, I, yeah. And then, then now we have the superhero thing even more so. So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then we also talk about a ton of new fall pilots that haven't yes. aired yet. And uh, it's like a just, just so like three other shows that way because there's some more in oh, there and okay. um, we'll put those uh, in the notes. But just tease three of them. Right? Oh, okay. Um, Gotham. Yep. How to get away with murder? Shonda Rhimes, a new Ooh. successful hit. Uh, selfie with Karen Gillian and John Cho. Yes, and I've seen two of those and you can comment. Ex- 
exclusively on that. But Jimmy has some other thoughts on how to get away with murder and much, much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It'll cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated and new celebrity has endorsed any aspect of the show. Oh, right, because you, you don't want to talk about it. Until we get to the podcast. Right, because then if you do, you blow your wad, technically. I blow my wad. You, you, you blow your talk wad. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with premature blowing of my talk wad, do you? I, I do not. I held it in, almost in a, a tantric state. You know what's funny? It's not really funny. It, it, was, it, 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 it weighs on my soul. Your soul? My soul. We're recording. Okay, well, it sounded like things stopped. Well, that, that was, that the, was air, the air conditioning. conditioning. Yeah, that was not the recording. So, last week, there was a comment that you made, and it was in jest, but there was some truth to it, and the thing is, is, it's very Ooh, much what's true. What's the comment? The comment was, see this? I can't really banter with him like I can't with oh. you. And the thing is, it's true, is, is that it was just... It's, it's fucking, harder for you to keep it going. Well it's, the- har- well, it's harder for me. I Well, also because I'm not used to keeping up with you consistently at yeah. the same time. It's just off. So Nathan I, and I cannot talk for two years and we'll see each other and drop right back into it. Right. And that's so goddamn aggravating because every time you're about, like you did say something, it was literally like one second pause. That's what I should say. Mm-hmm. You were already on it. And I'm like... <laughs> I could not. That banter was say. fun, though. Like it I really, really enjoy going off with him. I it was actually funny, and uh, I I it was actually I wasn't kidding though. I was just like, I'm just gonna sit back and just watch this for uh-huh. a bit, and then you guys just both shut down. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> like, well, I you know, dance for me, monkey. I remembered dance. you saying I'm gonna sit back and watch and or listen for a bit, and. As far as I remember, Nathan and I were bantering, and you just sat back and listened. But then listening to the podcast back this week, you were, like, trying to interject and try, and we just kept talking over you. Well, and so, like, true. you were trying to participate, and we were shutting, like, just ignoring you. That's okay, though. It was, it ends up being a lot, it was end up being very funny. So, I, I'm fine with that. But we need to do some that. more, um podcast in the near future with all of us. Right. So, that was, so I was listening to that, though. I was like, oh, that is. Oh, <laughs> uh, and it bothered me for a bit. And I was like, he didn't mean it, but he did. Well, no, I didn't mean it in a but, mean way. I know that, but I know that. But I did mean it, right? Okay. Now that you've listened to the Robin Williams episode, I hope you didn't take that person either. That was stream of conscious. What I was saying. What, what, what I, would I take personally? I don't know why. I was afraid, like you would just like somehow take. The, I don't know that why. you were talking about like what I tweeted. Well, right. Well, it was more like like people. Well, the way I phrased it, I uh-huh. realized as I was saying, I was like, oh, that could be taken the wrong way. Like, if 
Because it sounds like I'm still talking like Jimmy's the one who said that. And I was like, no, 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 he didn't. Yeah, no, I, I caught all. you saying that, and I okay. didn't. But I didn't feel like you were talking about me okay. then. So I was like, okay, he's covered his ass, but I didn't hear. I didn't. Well, then very good. Okay, very good. So whew. I didn't care. That's the reason I keep asking. Did you listen to that one yet? Because yeah, I did. No, I know, but last week. I tweeted week, you when I did. I know you did, but last week when we recorded, uh, I asked I had you, not. and you had not, and you're, yeah, right. I actually skipped three of your drive-bys because I haven't um, wa- watched what you talked about yet, right. and they're all things I want to watch. I'm looking up right now what they are. One of them so is- I left them on my downloads. Um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, right. Jersey Boys, and How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yes. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to listen to those. I'll just leave those in there. But other than that, I am caught up on yeah, our podcast. They, they are they are very spoilerific. Yeah, so that's bit. why I'm like, I'll li- well, like before when I first moved back to Ohio and I plowed through like two years of Good, Bad, and Geeky, yeah. you had an episode that was titled like Amazing Spider-Man where you and Nathan were going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. So I purposely skipped that episode and then went back to it after I saw it. Right. So... So I skipped to the drive-bys, but I've caught up on the episodes. Which, by the way, I watched Amazing Spider-Man 2 this weekend. Oh, God. Okay. I I, I am interested in your thoughts. I didn't think it was nearly as bad as you guys made me think it was going to be. I I didn't think it was bad at all. Like, I'm not sure it was as good as the first one, but I thought it was pretty good overall. Uh, I do agree with your point you had made. I was listening to you and Nathan talk about it recently. Yeah. And I agree with your point that Jamie Foxx, like, reversed course way too quickly. Um, but oh, I didn't like who they cast as Harry. I didn't like. I liked him. The problem is that he, he was, was too overtly creepy. Well, that's because the character's poorly written. Yeah. Like, okay, he just like, looked like a bad. Okay, here's the thing. William Defoe uh, looks like he's supposed to be a bad guy. Uh, yeah, but the way he played him, it wasn't like just pure evil. No, I know, but th- th- <laughs> this guy was more. It's two-dimensional. I, I, I don't know if I probably said this then. I don't know if, if I said it to you outside of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I really would love to do like a Topher Grace like version edit of the Peter or the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man mm-hmm. and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, which would be almost really impossible. But because I think as Peter Parker, I thought they nailed to- like what I want from Peter Parker way better in Tobey Maguire's version. Mm-hmm. Then, then at Spider Man himself, they Andrew Garfield's got him down cold. But- I, I really liked how they opened the movie with uh, going back to Peter's parents and seeing their death and all that. I thought that was a cool tie-in. And it opened up really good, but then in comparison to the rest of the movie, I thought it was just. A I didn't think the, I really didn't think the movie was bad. I thought it was a good. It was a lot of setup. Um, I do feel like Paul Giamatti was pretty much wasted in it. I do kind of wish they were going to do the third one before the Sinister Six because I feel like more of the villains need set up. But I know they've now moved Sinister Six to 26. And Spider-Man 3 is getting put off. Right. And then they're still planning on doing Spider-Man 4. So. Uh, it just, it, it, it bothers me. And I know you're reading Marvel stuff now, yeah. and Spider-Man's not the one you're reading. Well, I haven't just, read Spider-Man yet, other than you loaned me, like, a bunch of the heart, the Ultimate Spider-Man, yes. I think you loaned me, like, I want to say, like, nine or ten. Is I, that too many? It's all the ones I have. So it's it's volumes one through seven, and then it's, like, uh, eight. Or volumes one through one through seven, and then nine and ten. Or nine. I wanted to have skipped eight, so maybe I only read through seven. Or maybe that's what it was. But that was when we lived together, I, I read those. So that was years ago. Yeah, I... I really—they were good. They were very. It good. just bug. They're a little. 
mature. But well, I hated the fact that Harry comes out of nowhere and they're like they're still best friends forever. That it bothered me when Spider when he when he's like I'm your best friend, Harry. Right. Like not the first scene they get together, but like another scene later. Yes, there was okay. I didn't say it was a perfect movie. I, I know, but, but overall, I enjoyed like, it. Oh man, I, I, I guess in comparison into like the the McGuire Raimi versions, like. The plot stuff. Okay, I'm okay. The first two films, there are. No I was gonna huge... say, do you think Amazing Spider-Man Two is better or worse than uh, worse Spider-Man Three? Spider-Man 3. Worse. Worse. Really? You think yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Two is worse? I, I'm sorry. I guess. Okay, when I watch a movie, I like well, at the end of the day on Spider-Man Three, mm-hmm. the story sucks, but at least it, it 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 makes sense within the realm of what it's trying to say and do. Mm-hmm. Spider, the Amazing Spider-Man Two, sort of fails at that spec. Amazing. I don't know. Like, like the only thing it did well was the Gwen Stacy relationship. Everything else, it I think it failed at. Oh, let's see. I well, uh, one reason I think I dug this better than Spider-Man Three. Spider-Man Three had too many villains, as I think we all agree with. This one had too many. Okay, villains. but but okay, listen okay, to no, my. I know, I know, I know, but let me listen. Spider-Man 3, the, the too many villains, they tried to, like, fit together their stories and make it one cohesive story. This felt more like a comic book where things came in and out. Like, Electro's story felt completely separate from the Green Goblin story. I know they intersected for a little bit, but they didn't feel like it was all forced together. And then, like, Rhino's story, which, again, it was a wasted, it was too brief, it needed to be better developed... But it was its own separate thing, too. So it felt like things were moving in and out. Like, this was Peter Parker's journey, and things were happening to him, and then they were going away. More like a TV show, rather than one cohesive, everything comes together at once. That's See, how I felt I, like, about it. It's this, Okay, like, in Spider-Man 3, like, Topher Grace's uh, Eddie Brock knows that Sandman... That character screwed up so bad. To, ...is trying to get... Is trying to kill... Or he wants to get Spider-Man. Yeah. And so he hunts him down and goes, you know what? Let's make a deal. I, you help me get down Spider-Man. Let's think they don't really go into that well. Um, and I do not like how it was shown where she just tracks him down in an alley. And that, that is, that sucks. But compared to the whole where I think that, fe- like that felt way more natural than mm-hmm. like, cause he, he knows his villain is Sandman. Yeah. He hunts him down and goes, let's work together. The Green Goblin, it just, it just feels way more contrived, like, and not in a good way. It, I don't know. I just, it bothers me. So, I, well, they both bother me. Well, I'm not really happy with the Amazing Spider-Man trilogy to begin with, saga to begin with, in, in movie form. Oh, I, I enjoyed the first one quite a bit. Um, oh, I, I don't I think it's the level. Problems. I don't think it's the level of my favorite superhero movies today. There are better Marvel movies. There are better Batman movies. But it's not bad. Better. I well so. Okay, my girlfriend, they're, they're I different. showed her the first two, different. and she's yeah. like, I like these better. And I'm like, well, why is that? And she's just like, I don't know. They they seem to take it a little bit more seriously in a completely different way. But this one's not funny. It's funny. Like, the only one's funny is is the reporter guy. And I'm like, Jonah Jameson? Yes. Yeah. He's the only one that's funny. Everything else is very, very serious. It's very almost gloomy. And how like they're just depressed all the time. No one can really find happiness. And in the Amazing Spider-Man saga, it's Peter brings everyone else down. And it's like that's sort of not always true. Well, I, see, I thought the Ultimate Spider-Mans I read were more light and lighthearted than either movie series. 
Well, no, they are. They, well, Amazing Spider-Man... It felt Spider-Man, closer to, like, the cartoon that I watched. Amazing Spider-Man. The movie's Amazing Spider-Man. Here, well, he goes to the problem. The, this is why I say, I think, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker is what I remember reading in the original Marvel series, like the original Amazing Spider-Man books. And when I imagine Peter Parker now... That's how I kind of see him. Now, the character has grown a little bit where he's a little bit more headstrong as Peter Parker, but the idea is it's duality. As Peter Parker, he's the golly all shucks. I can never really get what I want. I can't ever act this way in front of other people because if I, if I do, they might recognize that I'm Spider-Man. And then as Spider-Man, he just lets it everything go. I, I agree with you that Tobey Maguire makes more of a distinction between the secret identity and the hero. Well... Not Garfield really. kind. I feel like Garfield does kind of make them more similar. Well, see, no, that's but, what I'm saying. No, I think well, the big comic book wise, mm-hmm. the biggest thing is is that the different the way you can really tell is that Peter really is a smartass. Every time he wants to say something, he before he just wants to say because you get the shit kicked out of him. Now if he says it, he's laying all his cards on the table. So like the one thing they get really well in the Amazing Spider Man is that when Peter puts that costume on. He is a fucking grade-A dick. And he uses that against the... Now, it first starts off as a pro, then con, which is, if I remember correctly, Doc Ock, in the original book, like, humiliates him. He degrades him because he gets too cocky. And so he's, you know, giving the quips, and then Doc Ock overpowers him and, and like, you know, humiliates him. Mm-hmm. So then, but then he starts to realize, wait a minute, you're smarter than this. It's okay as long as you don't realize you're better than this. You realize that this annoys them so much that you can use it as an advantage. It becomes the it becomes a strategy. So he'll go into a fight, not starting off with a lot of quips. But then we realize that some of the barbs he got start to really annoy his foe. He'll just start. Sometimes he'll just start dodging and just start saying, "What's wrong, Kingpin? You eat your mother last night? Oh!" And he's just, it's your mama fat jokes. And it starts. Kingpin starts getting so pissed he can't pay attention to what he's punching, and then the roof collapses on top. Gotcha. Of him. Now, and you do that really well in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Garfield has it down perfect, but then in the Amazing Spider-Man movies as Peter, he's way too whiny vocally, and he's a little bit, he's an emo bitch. That was Tony McGuire a bit. But he kept that to himself. McGuire felt whiny to me. I think Garfield feels whiny. I also watched, for the first time last week, uh, The Dark Knight Returns? Rises. Rises, whatever the third one is. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises. It's the okay. Dark Knight and then Dark Knight Rises. Gotcha. Uh, I feel like part of the reason I put it off. On this. Yes. Yeah. I feel like part of the reason I put it off so long is because the second one was so good that part of me was just like, it's just not going to live up to it. Yeah. And I, I would have liked to have seen it in theaters, but. It just didn't work out, and I missed it. And I think we were like in Kentucky and broke and whatever. Yeah. And so then I, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know. I hear it's good, but it just can't be as good as The Dark Knight. And so Morgan and I sat down and watched it. And she really likes the Christopher Nolan Batman. Yes. And she does not like superhero movies. Um, she'll sit through them, but she doesn't really like them. But we both agreed that Dark Knight Rises was maybe a scotch lower than Dark Knight, but not much. Like it was good. Like. It was really good. The film got a lot of shit. Why? Probably a month after it came out where it was 
it wasn't doing the consistent business of the Dark Knight because it pretty much did it all in one foul soup. It was that, but the replay wasn't like the Dark Knight where gotcha. like what Guardians is yeah. doing now where it's like number one every week. Six weeks out, yeah. Right. That's how the Dark Knight was. Dark Knight right. Rises, like it just all sort of hit at once and was done. Mm-hmm. And then probably about a month or two after that, I remember, uh, you know, all those, it's clickbait sites, but sometimes they actually have interesting facts or whatever about the movie that, you're, you know, even I'm just like, oh, I didn't know that. I stopped doing those anymore because I always know what the facts are usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people like on those sites are shitting on the Dark Knight Rises. And if you look at some of the general continuity stuff, mm-hmm. oh yeah, the film is horrible in that regard. Like, and I watched it and it was sort of like, oh yeah, this is, the continuity on this is all off. But... What's off on the continuity? Um... It's the it's some of the editing styles during fight scenes, uh, like, and it it traces back to the Dark Knight. Apparently, Batman Begins didn't have that problem, but like the the car sequence in um, the Dark Knight, where they're remember because the whole thing is that where he faces the Joker on the on the, on the mm-hmm. road, that whole thing, and it leads to that confrontation. And you realize it's all like a, a ploy to distract Batman and mm-hmm. whatever. So the way the shot intercuts itself, like Roger Ebert later even said after he wrote his review, like this is actually an interesting video because if I would have been paying attention enough to realize this, I would actually would have give, noted this in my review and probably knocked it down a peg or two because I expect better from Christopher Nolan and his editing team. And because he's like, this is, the, this is my city of Chicago, which is used for the home of Dark Knight, and it, the editing choices make no sense if you really pay attention to what's going on. The problem is that the cuts are so fast, they you know, hypnotize you from realizing what they're... It's a sleight of hand. Okay. And there's similar stuff like that with some of the airplane stuff at the beginning and also um, during the looting sequences at the end. It's stuff like that. It's really tiny stuff, but it's really like the continuity is just really off. If you pay attention. Okay. If I can find that site, I will, I will give it to you. It, it's just... It, it doesn't story wise. It doesn't distract from the story. It's just more like little mistakes that shouldn't be in a movie that big. Okay, but a lot of people then jumped on that and just shit over the movie and said it was the worst movie ever. Did and, you like the film? Jesus yeah, it's a great film. Yeah, so those people Matter can shit fact, on themselves. I know, but the the thing is, and yes. I felt like it set up a fourth Batman. I know that Nolan wasn't going to oh do it. Oh my god! Yes, and now, and I was like. Why would they set it up so beautifully if they weren't going to do it? Well, this goes into... You know, you asked me if you should read DC. This leads into my reason Mm -hmm. why I do not like DC Comics as a company and as a provider of comic book stories. Mm -hmm. Is that besides their... Well, the beginning of their animation universe, DC has a very... They don't give a fuck thing about continuity. Or I feel that way. I mean, people... That's fine. I, I just like this really bothers me that it always feels like it's more the bottom. Like, like, look, it's the bottom line for Marvel, too. If a book doesn't sell, they're going to cancel it. If sure. characters aren't working, they're going to change it. You know, if they feel like they can reboot to number one, like Marvel now, they'll do it. Like you, you, you started reading Marvel comics recently, like the Heroes Reborn thing. That was a ploy to get. That's a ploy, sale, and it ploy. actually worked because you were telling me how bad it was panned and whatever, mm-hmm. and I was online reading up on it, and the sales were actually up, up. during during the right. whole run. Right, that's very true. So, but that's what I'm saying. It's a sales ploy, but then, but Marvel is also quick to realize when, even if the sales are high, if the people they probably in, won't stay high. Right, and if that starts to even dip down a little bit, and Marvel realizes they can't sustain it, and they realize that you know what. 
This was just a ploy. Let's go. Let's get back to what worked. DC to me always feels like what's Marvel doing? Well, let's do that. Oh shit. It's not working for our characters. Well, you know what? Fuck. Like, so for example, did you hear about the memo that went out for DC comic movies? No. Uh, Green Lantern came out. They couldn't really change the writing because the writer's strike, right? So that movie had to come out as it was. And if you've seen the Green Lantern, I have it is not, not yet. It's their attempt to do Iron Man, which means, no. well, no, in terms of like, it's the Green Lantern character, but it's trying to be funny, but also fun, kind of like what Guardians of the Galaxy was and Iron Man was. They're mm-hmm. same vein, fun, action, pulpy movie. And they were going to use that as like Iron Man to springboard their entire DC Universe movie franchise. Right. It bombed horribly. Yeah. So DC's new memo was, we can never do a funny movie again. It must always be serious. If there's humor in it, cut it out. No, really. So now, and guess what their new memorandum is? We need a movie that's funny because guess what's number one in the box Guardians office? Of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the kind of shit I'm talking about. It always feels like they're one. I'm an Apple fanboy, but even I can admit right now that Apple's a few. Welcome to 2012, Apple. I'm glad you're catching up with everybody else with your iPhone. <laughs> It's the same. Their new iPhone is going to be the size screen that I already have my LG, but it's not going to be 4K HD. So they're still behind LG, right? But but see, that's the same thing. It's like now Apple instead of being the the forefront of doing stuff, they're now playing catch up. It it drives me crazy. But DC knew that was going to happen when Steve Jobs died. Oh, I knew that. You know, it's not going to maintain what it was. No, exactly. Matter of fact, I'm not thrilled about uh, moving to the bigger screen. I think the uh, i6 Plus is going to be the iPhone 5 size? I could be wrong on that. There, there's three sizes. My buddy Chase at work had yes. printed yeah. out on paper the actual sizes so he could compare it to my phone. And then he took my phone out and like had his pocket and walked out to his motorcycle and got on it just to like test out if he would like this larger phone. Yeah. And actually, Apple's screen's a little skinnier than this. Yeah. And the screen is the same height, but it's got extra like plastic at the top and bottom, so it's going to be longer than this and skinnier. Even though the screen size is almost the same, just skinnier. And he, yeah, he's going to get the big one, too. But he worships Apple. Like, seriously, he's getting up at, he's setting his alarm for 2.45 a.m. when it goes on sale, because it goes on sale at midnight Pacific time, so 3 a.m. here. So he's going to get up in the middle of the night so he can be the first to order it, just so he doesn't have to wait an extra week for it to ship to him. And then I'll go back to bed. And he's got, like, a long day the next day. And I'm like... I don't understand this. I, I love Chase, and I'm not bashing him. I just don't oh, no. understand the Apple obsession. Well, and we always rib each other about it because I'm always like... Oh, yeah, you're pro. You're, well, I'm you're like, pro anything against Apple. Well, and, and I like to, to point out Chase is, Chase is atheist as I am. And I'm like, okay, but you, you've rejected you know, the Christian God, but you've replaced it with Steve Jobs. You treat... You know, you follow Apple blindly and without reason the way some people follow Jesus. Right. Not everybody, but some people. Sure, sure. I, right. I got what you're saying. Not, not dissing all religious people. I'm picking up what okay, you're putting down, son. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So, anyway. Oh, so I read a bunch more of the Marvel stuff. Right. I finished Heroes uh, Reborn, Reborn the, the 4-12-issue series. Have they reviewed then, the numbers yet? Well, the, the, after the, immediately after that is the four-part Heroes, re, Heroes Reborn The Return. Yes. But... Marvel Unlimited only has the first issue. So I read the first one and the other three aren't there. It happens. I was a little trying, upset. There's still, there's some book they just don't have out yet. They're trying I know. To format. And there was one page of one of the fantastic four ones. I think it was number 11 or 12 where the page was missing. Like it went from page 15 to 17. You need to report that because there are some, and there was a there's... black page where there should have been a, 
page. And I reloaded it and restarted it. You, and need, still to, you, need, you need to contact them because that, that happened to me. And okay. then um, a, a week later, they actually sent me an fixed email the page. and they fixed it. Okay. Yeah. Because they're, they're going some yeah. of these so fast to try to get they're, up to man. Yeah. Well, I was just like, I was disappointed. I, I get that first part of the story with the Sue and Reed's kid, and then you don't get to see what happens after that. Yeah. And I didn't want it bad enough to pay 15 bucks to order the book on Amazon. Oh, no. Yeah. Because I don't really, I mean, I liked Heroes Reborn when I started it, but by the end, the inconsistencies got so bad, I was really having trouble finishing it. Yeah. Like, <sighs> Okay, so they established in the early Heroes Reborn that th- these four lines, Iron Man, Thor, or not Thor, Iron Man, the Avengers, Captain America, and Fantastic Four, which are all running concurrently, are all in the same pocket universe, and they have some crossover. Yeah. But when you get to the end, and Doctor Doom is going between each of the, the four titles as uh, Galactus keeps destroying the world over and over, and then Doom goes back in time and destroys, goes back in time. Yeah. And so... They get really inconsistent, and the characters don't line up. He's going 24 hours back in time, but every time he goes 24 hours back in time, the characters are in different places and different groupings, sometimes different characters. Because, like, She-Hulk was in the one, but not in the other three. So She-Hulk only appears in, like, the one of the realities. And you're like, but they're all supposed to be the same reality. Why is it so different each day? And it was really, it must be because there were different writers that were playing to their strengths. But I was like, this doesn't make sense as a coherent finale. And it really bothered me. Well, there was that. And if I remember correctly, too, I think, like, for example, Captain America, mm-hmm. I think after issue six, Jim Lee or the, the artistic team yeah. got kicked off the book. Yeah, definitely like at least two of the books completely changed course in midstream. So there's, there's that, too. It was, it was a panic because I just remember that it was a big thing back then was, oh, my God, are you reading Here's Your Born? And then you hit it and you're like, oh, my God, Here's Your Born sucks. And it was like, oh my god, they're 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 starting again with the Heroes Reborn, the Return, yay! And they fire Jim Lee and all this other people. And I'm like, okay. There was some cool stuff in it. Like it was kind of neat that Captain America's new young female sidekick, you found that in the end, ended up being Bucky and Peggy's daughter, granddaughter, is that, or no niece. Is that Agent that they raised? Yeah, that sort of sticks. Okay, well, that's what was in the Heroes Reborn stuff. Her, the, her name was Ricky, and she was... Oh, that part doesn't. Granddaughter, great-niece, something like I that. I think that's... Well, anyway, no, I, so right now, I think I'm going to finish reading the... I haven't finished my uh, spreadsheet I was telling you about. Yes. The track all oh, my I've years. seen it. Okay, explain this a little bit for people out there listening. So, I've seen it. It's, it's epic. I, thank you. Um, so what I was doing is... Marvel Unlimited does a really good job of organizing their comics from 2007 on. You can pull up by month, you know, all the titles that came out in that month. But before 2007, they don't. And so I'm trying to figure out how to proceed from where I'm jumping in the 90s up to the present day. And then later I might go back before the 90s. I just, I picked a spot to jump in mainly because those four titles rebooted in that spot. Not realizing that they didn't really reboot and the other stuff still mattered. But anyway, I digress. That's why I picked that spot to jump in because I was kind of lost. And Nick suggested some really new titles and I'm like, no, I need to get some more backstory. So 96, 1996 is where I'm jumping in and I'm going to go across the titles in 96, not just the Heroes Reborn. Mm-hmm. And just, I know it's going to be the middle of a lot of stories, but I don't know what else to do to like really pick a good starting point. So I made a spreadsheet where I've got in Excel, a list of the titles and check boxes and the columns are, you know, 
2000 or 96, 97, 98, all the way through 2007. And then I stopped because I know the app will fix stuff after that. Yeah. And then I also have a, a second tab on the spreadsheet with the older stuff, just because I'm not going to go through the whole browse library more than once. Cause that's too big an effort. Yes. And so I'm basically filling in all the spreadsheet. Um, I'm up, I more than halfway done. So I'm going to finish it out. Uh, and then I'm just going to go down that spreadsheet and anything that published in 96, I'm going to make sure I read their 96 issues. And then anything that published in 97, I'm going to read their 97 stuff. And that's my approach. Um, it definitely seems like Marvel has put out more books in the last 10 years than previously, at least on the app. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, there may definitely be big holes in the collection, such as the Heroes Reborn, the return missing yeah. three quarters of its finale. Um, but for now, that's how I'm going to approach it. And then I'm also going to keep an eye on release this week so that anytime they release this week old stuff, I can plug them into my right. formula. And so now um, Thor, A Journey in the Mystery, I believe it's called, mm-hmm. also rebooted at the same time. And I read two or three issues and I was like, okay, well, it's not lining up with Heroes Reborn. I'm going to set aside while I read Heroes Reborn. So right now, since my spreadsheet's not done, I'm going to jump onto that title and read A Journey in the Mystery, at least through the 96-97 run. And then I'll look and see. And my spreadsheet's also grouped by, these are the Avengers titles in one section. These are Spider-Man. These are yeah. the X-Men, so that I can take them in manageable chunks as well. Because I know the X-Men overlap, but they're their own thing as well. And that's yeah. it's just really intimidating to jump into Marvel. So if anybody would like a copy of this spreadsheet, I am happy to share it for free. That's- just email goodbaggeekygmail.com. I did the work for you. Sort of, sort of. Yeah. Um. Just to kind of, it's kind of a loosely organized thing that it's it's epic. I well, my it could be better. It, it I will probably do a little editing work after I complete it just to organize it better. Yeah. But I mean, at least as it stands now, I don't feel like I'm going to miss anything that's in the app. Right. Well, my advice to you, and then we can. Mm-hmm. I, well, I've already told you, but yeah. for those listening out there, and you can just say yay or nay on this, which is. At some point, you just need to read the original book of your origin story, uh-huh. and you just need to just start somewhere else. Well, I, I read the sucks. original Captain America origin, and, and that's cheesy. it sucked. It was awful yeah. from the 1940s. And I thought about just going straight through from the 40s up to present, and I know there'll be issues missing, but then I was like, no, I really want to get to Civil War. I really want to get to Age of Ultron, and I really want to yeah. get to Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. And I'm, I feel like if I start in the 40s, and try to plow through that. I'm never going to get to the present. It's going to feel like I'm never going to get to the present day. Yeah. So my strategy is going to be go 96 to present day, no, then go back. I know, but like for ex- like, we'll start with like a new issue, like where it's number one. Like for, like the my, my big suggestion to you was mm-hmm. well, and I think it's a fantastic story. I, I'm not just would throw you out into the woes, which is, and you like the Ultimate Spider-Man. I do. Yeah. Brian Michael Bendis writes a lot of Marvel books. He usually writes the big event books right. too. And one of the things that I suggested was. All new X Men, mm-hmm. which is if you've seen X Men for even if you know the general, if you've seen anything X Men, you can just pretty much start there. And I know they have, I think, the first twenty issues now on Marvel Unlimited. I think, or maybe no, not twenty. It can't be twenty. I'm not sure. 15, 14, Twelve or fifteen. But um, you told me Dan Slott's. I, I saved your message. Dan Slott's Amazing, Amazing Spider Man and Superior Spider Man yes. and Bendis like Ultimate Spider Man and Ed Brubaker's Captain America. Okay, I thought I said all new X-Men at some point. No. Well, maybe I was like, okay, I apologize. You may have said it out loud, but you didn't text it to me. All right. All new X-Men. It's fantastic. And that goes along with the Uncanny X. 
Okay. And they both rebooted Marvel Marvel Now number one, and they both sort of overlap each other. Mm-hmm. And, and because when both, did they do that though? Like at the same time. Yeah, but like when? Like nineteen ninety eight, two thousand four, oh, no, like a year ago. Okay. See, yeah, I need further backstory for like if I'm going to do Civil War and stuff, and I want to. Okay. I, I fair enough. I, I just saying like at some okay maybe that is a little bit ambitious, but like Mark Wade's Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I mean. You really all you need to know is that there's Daredevil, powers, and you know the relationship between him and Foggy Nelson, and maybe Bullseye. Beyond that, everything else you might see or hear or read is it's because the whole point of a comic book is, and I don't know if you still caught this yet, is that the way the nature of the beast is, unless it's Bendis, you're supposed to introduce all the characters by page. Yeah, I, I actually like. I thought I would hate that. That they're always reminding you what happened and who was who. You almost don't pay attention to But, that. well, no, I, but even just jumping back and forth between four titles, I would forget, you know, after a couple of days, certain things. Yes. And I was like, and I'm going to be reading a lot more titles at the same time. Right. And so it was really helpful that they constantly were recapping. Because the idea is, is that, and the thing is that, well, sometimes when I read it, I guess maybe because I've read it, read comic books for so long that, it just all blurs together unless I purposely pay attention to it. I will not realize that Slot has said, well, Peter Parker, you've done good for yourself this time. Last time you did this, blah, blah, blah happened. And you're just, because that's how Peter's always sort of talked. Even later at the issue, he's always sort of done that back in when Stan Lee was doing it. And so it just feels like natural. But it's, so sometimes it's subversive to what, oh yeah, they're really just doing the whole Things by page seven or eight, move on to mm-hmm. the next. And, but also, they're also like to the middle of the climax by page 10 or something. It's crazy. I it's- will tell you, reading Heroes Reborn makes me want to go back and rewatch the Fantastic Four movies because Silver Surfer plays such a role in Heroes Reborn, especially at the end, yeah, yeah. that I want to remind myself like what the screen version of him was. I have not yeah. seen that since it was in theaters. So that is actually a really good version of Silver Surfer. The Fantastic Four... Eh. And yeah, then, I thought about just watching the second Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> well, the problem is, is that the actor they have playing Doom, yeah. he's okay, but they make it like a ripoff of, of Defoe's Green right, Goblin. They do. they do. And so in, the, so in that one, he actually is like, mm-hmm. it's Doom a little bit, sort of. So, And Chris Evans is a good human torch because he's good with the quips. And then you have good actor. Michael Chiklis is good as the thing, but they yeah. should have CGI'd the thing. That's yeah. not his fault. Yeah. And then, uh, who's the one guy? He was in uh, the Michelle... Ian Garofold or yeah. whatever. He's in a new show, too. I really like him. Yeah, that's the show I was talking about, where he's like a t- it's like he's always alive thing. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get back to... When we get to pilots here. Yes. Um, but I, I thought he was... The only one I didn't think was actually good in the part was... Jessica uh, Alba. Jessica Alba. Yeah, but she's not a good actress. No. She's not. But she's really not. That was more frustrating. Who it's played like, Johnny Storm again? Uh, Captain America. Evans. Oh yeah, he did. He was so young. Yeah, well, like, he was also a lot, you know, not as bulked up as he right. was too. And that's what I'm saying. Like he is a funny guy. Yeah. So he was. He's, he's See, like the Michelangelo of the Fantastic. I remember stories. those movies being light but enjoyable. They're, not yeah. super good with the continuity, but fun. Mm-hmm. Like definitely a couple notches below what they're doing they these are. days. Yeah. They ruined Galactus, though. But Grant, I understand the concept that that's really hard to sell in a movie, which is a yeah. giant. Was guy. it like a cloud or something? Well, in the Ultimate Comic Book Universe, well, well no, to, I just read, I saw Galacticus in Heroes Reborn. No, no, no right. In the in the Ultimate Comic Book Universe, their way to make it more realistic was it's mm-hmm. a it's uh it's a hive mind, mm-hmm. parasitic cloud from space. It just devours plants, and it's so powerful that it can control people 
act as a herald to go scout. Yeah, the other heralds weren't in Fantastic Four, to my knowledge. No, they weren't. Okay. Well, because usually, if I remember, I'm probably wrong. You probably know a little bit more about this than I do right now because you're reading some of it. From my memory, there's only two heralds that have survived the 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 trials or the the slavery of Galactus, which is Silver Surfer and the one that looks just like him, but it's a girl with like. Oh no! Well, in the Heroes Reborn, anyway, there's five heralds that travel with Galacticus that they have to fight over and over again as the world keeps ending. Silver Surfer is the one that, in two of the four endings, he turns on Galacticus, I believe. Yeah. And the other four never do. One's like this water guy. One's a flame uh, girl or guy. One is um, this guy with a big axe, and the other one's a wind like a wind person, but you, the wind person was barely got anything like was almost an afterthought. Okay. Yeah. So it was like all the different elements, fire, water, fire, wind. wind. Yeah. And uh, then they had the guy with the ax and they had silver surfer and it, the, the four that weren't silver surfer kind of worked really well for battling the fantastic four because like the thing matched up with the ax and the, yeah. you know, and the, they, the heralds actually killed the fantastic four in like two of the endings. Like, a lot of the Kairos died before the world blew up in several of the endings. But then the final ending, of course, right. everything was fine. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, I would go check out, like, Mark Wade's Daredevil. Uh, and I'm trying to think of what else that they was, it's been recently. Guardians of the Galaxy, the reboot, actually. Yeah, you good. were the one that told me that, because I looked, and on the app, the only Guardians stuff they have is from the last few years. And you said there's an old Guardians, but it's completely different. Yeah, it's, the original it's not Guardians, in the app. The original Guardians take place in the year like 2000. Okay. Do you see Speak of Guardians at Chris Pratt's uh, doing the season premiere of Saturday Night Live? I did not. Yeah. Okay. Good get. That will be a, yeah, that'll actually pretty, be pretty good. You know they're going to do a Guardian sketch. They have to do a Guardian I sketch. Be, I would be okay with that. And if he's dancing a little bit too, I am also okay with that. I think they should play Hooked on a Feeling. That would be great. But that would annoy Nathan. So, he'll get over it. Yeah. Oh, I don't think he can get over things easily. <laughs> he just won't watch. Um, we watched. Uh, oh, okay, real quick before mm-hmm. we move on to pilots, we'll get your yeah. thoughts, and then I'll we'll go a little bit further into them sure. later uh, on, on on another on episode. the drive by drive by, which is uh, which you can actually listen to that one because you've seen you've seen what we're going to talk. Which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Gotcha. It's, it's horrible. Heroes in a half shell, turtle power. Hey. There was one great element about that movie. Will Arnett, basically playing the same character Will Arnett always plays, was fantastic. He was, yeah. And he wasn't a character from the Turtle canon. He was just this brand new character, right? No, no he was. A t- really? Yeah. Remember uh, Vernon? He always talked like this. He was always like April's foil at the, at the news station. Oh, uh, I don't remember. Because there was Vernon. I th- okay, and- see, I thought he was a brand new character. No. They basically just let him play himself, though. Yeah. Did you notice he was making, I think, peanut butter? Or a peanut butter, because that's what his character likes on Arrested Development. Uh, that was a nod to his character in Arrested Development. Apparently, was the peanut butter. I don't know. Love Arrested Development. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I that was a bad. Movie. Oh, it was a terrible movie. But the Will Arnett, Will Arnett was great in it. Also, okay, not great in it, but a plus side. Megan Fox, so just not as bad as we expected. Not bad as she which expected. doesn't make her a good actress, but not as. Have bad. you seen Have you seen Jennifer's Body? I have. Well. I fast forwarded through part of it. I thought I see I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was actually really good in that, but she I was think so. playing a big old whore. Yeah. 
No, I, I'm I, so sorry to say that because she's I a expect human being. It to be worse. And, uh, you know, yeah, I know. I feel. I feel bad. You know what I think? That I think that's a sign she's getting better. And one of these days, she may be worth watching. Be true. Be true. Or just cast her in the correct role. April O'Neil was not a good role for her. Right. Well, can I? I'll. I'll. I'll really just. I'll just lay it on thicker on the GBG ride But we would like to at least thank our uh, uh, our benefactor. Mm-hmm. Right, was that the right for yes. it? Our benefactor for this, Rachel. She, we were doing the live show, the Pack Rat, mm-hmm. and she, she uh, pinged us privately and just said, "Hey, we want a screening, uh, a private screening. Would you like to participate?" And I'm one of those turtle fan. I'm a fan of anything in general. It's like even if I don't think it's going to be good, I'm like, if I want to talk and complain about it and and have that have merit. I at least want mm-hmm. to good or bad. Right. I want to, you know. So I saw the movie. And it, it's just not good. And so I'm so sorry, Rachel, that it, I feel like it was sort of in vain. You know what I mean? Cause, but here's the other thing, too. In yes or no, did all the kids around us absolutely love that movie? Oh, they did. It was for them. It was not for us. I know. And, yeah, it made me sad because I would like the Avengers. Got me worse is the kids and the adults love the movie. Like, none of us really, like, and there's so many plot. We'll talk about that on the GBGR by, but uh, I, I just, yeah. We've not been because I keep also been saying we're going to eventually talk about it uh, and or in general. And I, I my number one complaint I think was just the really horrible CGI versions of the turtles. Oh god! And well, that and they didn't notice when that tower at the end actually hit the ground after it was falling. Well, there are so many horrible pl- that and and problems. and and no, and. <laughs> And, and that, and that, and, and that. And Splinter picked up the big book of and, jitsu. And Shredder wasn't Japanese. <laughs> oh my god! That just well. Anyway, so it's not a good movie. We'll talk about. I'll, I'll talk about it in the next episode. Any other little critiques about that you want to throw out there? Yeah, that's good enough for me. Okay, because we pretty much all agreed about all the same things. Now. Pretty much. Pretty much. So you'll hear that in the next episode. So uh, we've also the past few weeks. Um, him probably more than me um, is some pilots. I figure much you, like thirteen of. You probably want to talk about the ones you've seen first, and we can joint talk about. You want to just do them in order of air date? We could do it that way. Uh, I don't know when when some air when. So well, but I can tell you that this you know first what, this, up is this. Next up is this. Sure, go for it. Uh, well, first up, which will air Wednesday, September seventeenth, to kick off the new season, is Red Band Society. It's a bunch of sick kids in a cancer ward at a hospital and they all like live there. Okay, and there's, well, that just, that just, this all doesn't sound good, but now it sounds depressing. Dave Annable is one of the doctors. Oh, he's a good actor. But... He is. And, um, honestly it's, uh, I'm trying to think what I can compare it to it. Degrassi in a hospital. I don't know. Like oh. it's, well, is this it's, a CW show? No, it's Fox. I believe that sounds, no, it's uh, I mean it's teen drama stuff, but in a hospital, well, not not CW teen drama, like, like realistic like teen the, uh, well, drama. It's like is it closer to the OC? I never some, watched the OC. Sometimes that would dabble with real. I drama. I would say it's closer to. I don't want to say it's nearly as good as I would say it's closer to Parenthood in tone, as in like, oh. except younger, more immature, in, and in not as good. Yeah, and death then death hangs over it, and I thought it was pretty interesting. I'll probably watch it again, um, but not my favorite. Okay. Uh, uh, that Sunday, September twenty second, twenty first. Sorry, we get Madam Secretary with Tia Leone. That does not look good. Oh, it was awful. I love political drama, and so I was like really looking forward to it. 
but everything about it like doesn't make sense realistically. She's not that interesting. The story's not that interesting. Ugh. It's just failure all around. It makes me sad because I really like Tia Leone. It makes me sad because they're pairing it with The Good Wife, and I was like, oh, just the premise sounds like it would be a good pairing, and you know I love The Good Wife. Yeah. But sadly, it is not to be. It's awful, and I do not plan on watching a second mm-hmm. episode. The next one you've seen, and actually they just did some critics viewing of a bunch of pilots this week, and this one is voted the most promising new drama, most promising new series, and has the most positive buzz. And yet you were kind of lukewarm on it, and that's Gotham. Yes. I will, and I will, okay. The first ten minutes I thought were really bad, and the last ten minutes were really good, and the rest was a sort of... In between? Well, it's just anticipation of, well, is this going to continue? suck because i think it might have been <laughs> okay i love donald Logue. Mm-hmm. i think he's fantastic i mean he's a good actor and sometimes good actors are given some shitty or cheesy lines yeah or, or, there or, were some not, pretty bad lines well, in that and, show and really the lines are bad just because they're tropes you know what i mean they're just and the thing is is that batman in general could fall into because it's very noir mm-hmm. it's a noir cliche or trope right and they have some really bad lines and no and donald logue and the guy from southland who plays gordon ben mckenzie i believe. I, I like him i do too and i just i like his take on gordon the first 10 minutes are just very it's just so full of those and even they it's like they don't even they can get past that stigma of how bad the line is because i remember i'm watching logue and i think i turned i was like this is so bad well and they just hammer things on the head so much like there is no mistaking who's going to be the penguin, who's going to be the Riddler. Like they are so oh, well, over oh, the top. Well, the, but those are always easy because, like, the penguin always was Cobblepot. Right. Always but was Nygma. Even the Joker, if, though, has always. But been even Nygma. if you didn't know the names, the personalities are just so. It's a little. Everything's a little too on the nose. It's yes. not as subtle as I'd like. Although they made some interesting choices. Like I liked who. Wit- I'm not to. I'm not going to spoil anything because it hasn't. Our listeners may hear this before it premieres. Yes. But the person that witnesses Bruce's parents murdered. I thought that was an interesting way to go with the story. Mm, I, don't know. I, I do I'm think it's that. wrong that she's older than Bruce. I See, that's, that's oh, my Oh, crap. Point. I That may be giving too much away, but... And Bruce is a character more than I expected him to be. Yes. Like, he is a main character, and so is Alfred. I actually enjoyed... That's what I'm saying. So, like... After that one cheesy line, the moment you actually, I feel the moment you meet the penguin, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Oh, takes, he's good. He's good. And the whole series just sort of takes this weird. And matter of fact, it makes. Oh, let's just say that there's a question of the penguin might not be as intricately involved as you may think. And that makes me sad because. He will be. No, he will be, but yet maybe. I don't know. I got the sense that he might not show up for like maybe to like the end. He's of the a main season. character. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. I guess that was my fear is that yeah, when I'm watching it. A lot I of them, like, like the Catwoman, the Penguin, the Riddler, they're all main characters. Poison Ivy's not a main character, but she's a major reoccurring role. Yeah, I'm not. I also didn't like that take of that character. I, I was bummed him out because mm-hmm. I, I just don't like the fact that, oh, she's a woman scorned at mm. such a young age yeah. that that's not a super big spoiler because in the original comics, if I remember correctly, uh, she she was actually incredibly, incredibly like super smart. Mm-hmm. And in the cause, and then and then just happened to involve murder as mm. kept going down that path. This this one was just more like, oh, she might come from family. Well, Goth- Gotham's got a huge cast, yes. and I believe they said, like Sleepy Hollow, they're not going to do more than like thirteen or fifteen episodes a season. Good. 
So they're going to keep the season shorter. Um, okay, not not cable short, but shorter than the typical broadcast. Okay. Uh, so I, I do think it has a lot of promise. I liked it. I agree with you, though, that there were some glaring things that bothered me about the yeah. pilot. But overall, I liked it. No, I, I did. I guess my my feeling after I granted this is after seeing it, but I will go. I will watch episode two. Yeah. I, or within the first few days. Sure. You know what I mean? And the, the 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 climax and the ending is a big like. Well, shit. What's going to yeah. happen? Like, yeah. I was well, like. It is a huge cast too, did, which yeah. is real. There's like. I want to say like 13, 14 main characters. It's mm-hmm. almost lost size, which means certain characters may backseat for a bit and then get prominent. I'm okay with that. No, I, I think that might help its longevity and yes. keeping it going well. Fresh. Yeah. My, my, my fear is, is not that not going to blow their wad in the first season. All back. Oh. I, I'm, I, my fear is that the only character right now that really is super intriguing to me is, is, is the penguin. And, he is the best. And his whole story. And the rest of the characters might... Like Jim at the end, Jim Gordon's role got really, really interesting right at the very end. Mm-hmm. And I'm well, Donald Logue. I liked his part. Bullock, right? I, right. I like... Again, I like Logue. The character of him, I'm still iffy on. Because... I kind of liked Fish Mooney, too, even though I'm not a Jada Pinkett Smith fan. Yes. No, that's uh, the thing. Everyone I'm in not world, I really so liked. excited about the guy playing her boss. Uh, what's his name? I don't the know. mob boss. I knew who you're talking about. Uh, I maybe yeah. they just didn't focus on him enough, but I didn't feel like I really understood who he was or what his motivation. Um, he has the whole city in his pocket. I know, but I just didn't get like a good reading off it. You're not. I don't. I really don't think you're supposed to, because even I was questioning. So wait, you're allowing this to happen, but you allowed all this other stuff to happen. But we'll see. So are you like a fucking Zen mob boss? And yeah, he's a main character too. The mob boss is. So. And so are like a couple of the other cops besides Jim and Bullock. Yeah, so yeah, yeah they got all kinds. Of, there was another partner pair and their main characters. Oh, they're uh, 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 like rival. Well, they're rivals, but they're, they're uh, like, internal affairs. Yeah, they're main characters. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I think. Well, I think. Well, okay. The comic nerd in me. Well, again, the comic nerd in animated form because I grew up with Batman the animated mm-hmm. series. I might be wrong, but I thought um, Montoya, who's the inter- other internal affairs officer, she was a beat cop that would. She would actually do the police work. And oh. Bullock would always be a lazy ass eating donuts and not do the job, even mm. though they both cared the same way. Yeah. It's a real weird thing. And so just to see her in that already right off the bat, sort of just is like, well, wait. Some, so some of it's like more stupid, geeky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did enjoy it. It's just I had the first 10 minutes were really hard. If you can get through that, I think you will love the show. Anyway, moving on. Same night, we got Scorpion. Have. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm only. T- I, I've been watching them oh, more or less in order. So you have seen these? Okay. Yeah, there are. Uh, once we get up to what we watched tonight, yeah. uh, selfie. I haven't seen. I've seen a couple past that, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I've watched. The, been watching these in order of when they're going to air. Oh, um. So yeah, just because that makes it easier. But uh, Scorpion, um, it's a gang of like super smart hackers and nerds yes. that the government, for some reason, needs them and only them to save the day. And of course, they happen to spend some time in a diner where Catherine McPhee's a waitress, and she gets like roped into helping them, and she's a main character. Mm-hmm. And there was again a a plot where nothing really made sense. It was very action heavy. It felt like a, a little bit like a Michael Bay thing in that yeah. all the action stuff was well done and exciting, but there wasn't any realism to the show at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, like, for instance, in one scene, these two characters are trying to break into this warehouse. And time is of the essence. They have, like, five minutes to get this hard drive. Well, first of all, okay, back up just a little bit. The whole plot of the pilot is somebody's taken out the computers at LAX and all the planes are going to crash if they don't get it back online within, like, two hours. Okay. And only these geniuses that they come to think about deleting the new software update that downloaded last night and refreshing to the day before's software. But they can't just do it. It's not that easy. First of all, the uplinks aren't working and they can't download and they can't, there's nobody there that knows how to do that. And then they find a warehouse where there's like a hard copy, but it refreshes every 24 hours. So they only have this limited time to get in there and yank it out before it gets overwritten. They only have two hours to do anything anyway. So what's the point? Right. So anyway, so they get to the warehouse and there's like five minutes left before this thing erases Mm -hmm. and they have to get in there. And so there's two characters that he sends to the warehouse to do this. And one of them's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to that power generator down the street and knock it off. And then the doors will open and you can get inside because nobody's there. Of course, nobody's at work. So nobody can let them in. And so she goes to the, the power thing and you see her like, take it out. The next scene is the two of them walking into the room together. And I'm like, your time, you have minutes left and you're going to wait for her to get back from the power generator station to go inside to retrieve this hard drive. Which, of course, they get with, like, a second left, of course. And then it gets more ridiculous in that they are trying to they upload, they're trying to load that into the airport, but they can't get to the airport because of traffic, because it's L.A. So they go to a lesser airport, but they can't load it directly into their systems. They have to load it, like, or no, they don't, the, oh, when they're bringing the hard drive back that they get from the warehouse, they put it next to a speaker in the van and it gets wiped. Can I quote Nathan for a second? Yeah. Where I'm just going to. They put it next no, to I know. This is so bad. the van and it gets wiped accidentally. So then they're like, the only software we have is on the plane, but they can't Wi-Fi it down. So they end up speeding in a Ferrari at 200 miles an hour while the plane flies low. They drop an Ethernet cable. They plug in the laptop. Captain McPhee's standing up like laptop getting yanked out of her hands as it finishes downloading. Oh, it was I mean, awful. I mean... It sounds cool as shit. It w- okay, that action sequence was cool as shit, but there's no reason it had to go down that way. And at the end, they're just like, we don't understand people, so Catherine McPhee, you should join our team to help us interface with people. That sounds cool. And it could have been cool because her son is like this hyper-intelligent person she doesn't know how to relate to. He's a kid, and the geeks all get him. And so they're like, oh, okay, so maybe this will be the story as they're helping with the kid. The kid's not a main character. He's not part of the team. He's, they're going to dismiss him after the pilot, and he's not going to be part of it. He's going to go up the stairs just like in Family Man. It's just so stupid. Could be good. Next one is Forever, that's which the, is the Ian Garofalo. Yes, and, that's the one I was talking about. And uh, what's the guy from Taxi? Uh, uh, oh, guy from Taxi Judd, and Judd Numbers, Hirsch? yes. Judd, Judd Hirsch. Yes. I didn't know he was in that. Oh, yeah. I love Judd Hirsch. There's three main characters. It's Ian Garofalo, Judd Hirsch, and this girl. Yes. How was it? How was it? I really liked it. And it's a procedural. That means it'll probably be canceled. Well, no, you know how hard it is for me to get into a procedural these days. Yeah. I just, I do not want to do a case of the week so is stuff. He a doctor, what? Because he, he's, he's a medical examiner. He examines dead bodies. Okay, but he's just been alive for a long. Time. He's been alive for like three hundred years. Right. Every time he dies, he wakes up naked in the water somewhere. We see flashbacks to when he first um, died the first time, yeah. but they don't really explain why he revives Mm -hmm. yet. Um, But there's enough play into the larger arcs that I'm interested. And then just watching him run around with Judd Hirsch and 
I'm not, they specifically said you're not allowed to reveal the twist at the end, but I can tell you it involves Judd Hirsch. And it was fantastic, and it made me go, I should have seen this coming, but I didn't. And it surprised me, and it made the character way more interesting. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I really liked Forever. I really, that's, that's the one I thought looked really good, because I like him, and I felt oh. that he got, a lot of people hated his turn of Mr. Fantastic, and I've seen yeah. him in other stuff like Amazing Grace. Ringer. And, uh, Ringer. And he was in, oh, Which wasn't a good show, but he was good in it. He was actually good in it. Yeah. And uh, uh, the TV set, he plays an executive that actually is trying to help David Duchovny in his TV show. But, of course, the politics of television, like Sigourney mm. Weaver's television executive, he's been in make him suffocate what he's trying to do mm. with American television. Because he was the one behind The Office or other shows like that on the BBC. Ah. And so they, they, they yanked him. You know, they, they, they grabbed him, paid him a lot of money to, to reinvent the U.S. television. And, of mm. course... You know what I mean? Anyway, I do. he was good in that. So anyway, continue. I'll go a little faster on some of these. Uh, that one, the one I just had to tell you all about, Scorpion, yeah, that's, because that's uh, next one up is Deborah Messing's um, The Mysteries of Laura. You're not going to believe what the mystery is. The mystery is, how can she, in 2014, be a cop and the mother? I don't understand. She can't be both. <laughs> Morgan kept walking through while I was watching it. And I kept going, Morgan kept going, why is she doing that? It doesn't make any sense. I'm like, Morgan. You don't understand. She's a cop and a mother. And that was my catch. I kept doing that. I think it was, um, oh, my God. oh who so tweeted, good. who tweeted that? Like Ryan something that was talking to Metmitovich on Twitter. Uh, He's a TV guy. Uh, I can't remember, but they tweeted, let's find out if she could be a cop and a mother. And that just stuck with me. And the whole episode that I kept going, oh my God, is she going to make it? She's a cop and a mother. And it's just as bad as that makes I, it sound. I was watching this with uh, 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 another person, uh, and uh, a really bad face. I was like, I just sat there and I was going to watch the trailer of it. Uh huh. And they and as a girl was like, oh, this is oh no, it's awful. It's I awful. Know. I just could tell that by looking at what, it. Uh, Veronica Mars' dad, Enrico, what's his yes, name? he's in it. He's the boss, her boss in the first episode. And the whole time I'm going, oh God, he's going to be stuck in this pile of shit. And then at the end of the episode, twist that gets him out of the show is even worse than the rest of the episode. Okay, fantastic. All right, moving on. Same night we have Blackish with... We watched Anderson. that one, and that was okay. Yeah, I mean, I like Anthony Anderson. Love Lawrence Fishburne, and he's great in it. It wasn't completely landing for me, but it wasn't terrible. No. I, the thing that I wanted most in it is I really, really want them to recast his wife as Tempest Bledsoe, who was his wife in the last show we did, yes. in the Cosbys, because yeah. I thought they had awesome chemistry, and I was reading other people's reviews that were like, oh, the wife's really good. I'm like, no, she was the weak point of the show for me. Well... She's Diana like Ross's daughter. Well, it feels like the jive, the the vibe of the show that they're trying to get to, and I mm-hmm. don't think you if you ever at least see the pilot, you can go, I see what you're talking about, which is the vibe of the show is that it's trying to create a family show akin to, in my opinion, of the Bernie Mac show. Mm-hmm. Okay. African American family living <coughs> together and just and that whole thing. The twist with blackish is they're trying to get across is that he doesn't feel like his Black enough, right. right? They're middle, upper middle class. They go to school with a bunch of white right. people, and that's works with a bunch of white people. I mean, that's it. I, I guess that's an interesting kind of thing to, if you want to examine, because like, look, I'm not, I'm not African American, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, I'm sure that is something they have to deal with. 
And, and, like when his kids here. don't. Well, it's funny when his kids don't realize that Barack Obama is the first black president. That little girl is so adorable. Oh my god! Just like, that little girl funny. is so cute. Yes. Um, no, I I feel like that's a show that could work if it works out some kinks. Yes, I, I feel like well, if they could keep the premise and nail the, the vibe of the family, like yeah. overall that 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 Bernie mm-hmm. Mac was able to produce, not be as racy because he got a little racy with it in a PG show. I, I you know I. I think that would show would work, but I wasn't feeling it, so I don't know if I'd continue watching it. I'll probably there. give it a second. I'm not saying a season pass at this time. Yeah, I, I might do the same. Next is Shonda Rhimes, How to Get Away with Murder, starring Viola Davis. Okay there, Craig Ferguson. Has a bit of murder. Murder. Um, it's very much Grey's Anatomy meets Scandal, in that yeah. there's five young, naive, competitive students there always are. that want... Viola Davis's attention. And of course, Viola Davis has some employees that are like the mid range in the hierarchy. Uh One of them who is played by Lisa wheel from Gilmore girls and the beginning of scandal. I love her. Okay. Um, she actually had the least to do on the pile of anybody. And you know how I bitch and moan about how all these shows like start with the end. Now that's like the thing. And then they flash back. The pilot has a, has a starts with four months in the future, but that, uh, four months in the future plot like comes up every act, so it's a running thing. It's not just uh, here's the end and we're done. It's, it's kind of like Lost with the flashback. It's the same thing. Four months later is the right. The like I'd say maybe a quarter of the episode is spent oh, four months later. I got you. Okay. So it's not like every act you spend a couple minutes in that future time. Okay. Um, as four of the main characters try to get rid of a body. So there's that enticement, and while I wish they didn't do that, it's not as bad as when all those other shows just show you the end first. Yeah. Because there seems to be a point. And I liked it. I like Scandal. I like Grey's. It doesn't hit the ground running, but neither did Scandal and neither did Grey's. It's got the elements that I think by the end of the first season, like both of those. I mean, Grey's I didn't like till the end of the first season at all. I was forced through the first season. And Scandal, the first season was good, but the other seasons have been so much better. So Was you the one that told me that Scandal was Better not be. I can't imagine it's going to. It has huge ratings. Someone told me that like it really didn't. I don't think so. I mean, Shonda did say it, she didn't see it as the type of show that could run for ten years like Grey's, mm-hmm. but I haven't heard her say anything about this being the last season. And I didn't hear you ABC's not going to run it off the air. Let me put it this way: I hear stuff like that. You, yeah, and I had not heard that when someone told me. Yeah, I don't think that's true. No. Then maybe they just heard Shonda say it wasn't going to run forever, and you know, yeah, okay. Um, then we have Selfie, which we just watched. Yes, and I I liked it. The remake of My Fair Lady, yeah. very obviously, not at all subtly. I, I kept wondering in the first five minutes or eight minutes or so, which is, how is this a remake? Because she's supposedly very popular. And the whole point of the show, I thought at first, was mm-hmm. how to make her popular in a digital world. Mm-hmm. But the twist is, no, is that she's super popular digitally, but has no friends in real life, and thus right. has to be... It's almost like how to succeed in business, uh, not, you know, how to make friends and that whole thing. Alienate people? No, 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 no. That's how to lose friends and alienate. Oh, how to make friends and, and be successful. Okay. I think is the, right. well, that, that movie is making fun of the book. Okay. Yeah, which is that same title. So it's, it doesn't matter. Mm. Point is, is that I, it's really about her trying to be a better human being. not. And I think they're going to do the modern twist in that John show is also not in the perfect place and she's going to loosen him up. Yeah. Whereas my fair lady, Henry Higgins had it all down and 
Yeah, there was a little loosening at the end, but it was much more her growing than him. Oh, yeah. And this, I feel like it's going to be more equal. Yes. I mean, John Cho's always excellent. Karen Gillian has amazing line delivery. It takes a while to get used to the Valley Girl accent for me. Yeah. And she started out the episode very gross, very just horrible person, and then gross things were happening. And so I didn't like the beginning of the episode. A lot of vomit. Um, didn't like the beginning of the episode, but I feel like there's a lot of charm to it, and I like the two leads a lot. Yes. Um, there's definitely some well, good potential. The, the funny thing is, is that the, the friend I always remembered best. Mm-hmm. I thought at least it in the movie version best that he could like. Yeah. And, and right. And then it's like, okay, it's a bet, old boy. Well, then the bet you shall have. Damn, damn, damn. No, right. So yeah. this one is just sort of the other way. It's like, what are you doing? Don't you dare do that. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you going near her? Okay. I, I didn't like um, when John Cho did the little rap rhyme. I thought he should have just gone ahead and sang. I thought he wasn't really paying attention, or it was his advertising. Oh no, he was he was definitely rhyming every. No, no, no. Yeah, I, no, I know, but I thought that was his, the character a little bit. I liked yeah. the bad romance bit, I, especially when it carried over to the wedding. There's a part of me that just cringed a bit, only because at first I was like, I like that it pertains mm-hmm. to the character of the show, but then when he played it at the wedding, it, to me it felt like an executive note saying. I really like that song. It's going to play well with viewers. Why don't you play that at the wedding? And, yeah, it shouldn't have been played at the wedding. Any wedding would never. I mean, that's right. That that was. But I, it I amused like, me because I saw the show as commenting on the main characters, not the bride and groom. Oh, right. But I that, yeah. I took that from the previous scene. Yeah, as they repeat. Yeah, no, right. That's why I was just like, uh, it is funny though. It there is were funny. some nice little catches, like John Cho's boss mentions that article, and then in the next scene, you see him get the article. And I don't know if you caught this when Karen Gillian's talking about the neighbor. They mention the fingernail polish and they show the fingernail polish. Mm-hmm. In the scene where she's doing the make under, she's the same nail polish that's in that, that thing. Cut thing. So oh, there's like little touches like that that maybe aren't important, but it amused me on and a second view. It viewing. does hit on the technology of today. Like it really does. That's a good social commentary. Yes, yeah, social commentary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, bah, bah, bah. That's good. Yeah, um, I liked it. Same night, we're going to get Manhattan Love Story. It didn't look good to me, but you seem to really... Uh, it's probably the cheesiest new pilot, but it's also, if you like romantic comedies, mm-hmm. I mean, it hits every nail right on the head. It's the guy and the girl. You know, the girl is the naive, plucky, moving to the big city for her dream job, full of optimism. Uh. The guy is, you know, the asshole player that you know has the secret heart of gold and is just waiting for the right girl and kurt fuller plays his dad slash boss um yeah that that, 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 tell me more (laughs) yeah he's not in it much at least the pilot but the two uh main characters they both have a lot of voiceover so you really get what's going on in their head and yeah i wouldn't say it's quality but it does i mean the two lead actors are great and Mm -hmm. They really capture that romantic comedy spirit. And while it is pretty on the nose, I enjoyed it a lot. And as it was a sap, charm- I'm was going charming. to enjoy it. It, yeah. was, it charmed you. It was, it was charming, yes. Okay. Although I do wish that the best friend that the main girl lives with would have just been Whitney Cummings because the woman looks exactly like Whitney Cummings, Act but like doesn't you. know, doesn't act or sound like her. And so then I'm like, it, every time she opens her mouth, I'm like jarred because I'm expecting Whitney Cummings. I'm not getting Whitney Cummings. Which is disappointing. That? I love Whitney Cummings, is what I'm saying. Oh, I, I'm starting to get that. You like Whitney Cummings a lot? 
I do. I love when Whitney Cummings. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, next uh, that I've seen, because now I'm He's skipping a few. People. Now I'm skipping a few, but uh, we okay. we saw Grace Point last week. Oh, yes, right. Yes, right. Oh, man. So many. This is very heavy heart for me to say. This is not. Uh, who's the Who's the girl uh, from or, uh, Breaking Bad? Anna Gunn. Anna Gunn and David Tennant, two actors I greatly enjoy. Mm-hmm. Not well, she's not bad. He needs a better hair color, and he needs to get his accent back. Well, see, I think his accent's okay. The problem is, is that it, it, it you lose the charm of the silent treatment. At least for the way that role is written, which is it's pretty much almost written exactly as it was, almost word well, that's, for word. That's the problem, is it's way too similar to Broadchurch that yes. this is a British remake of. And so those of us that have seen Broadchurch, as oh, Nick and I have, and yes. many Americans have, because it aired on what BBC America, yes. um, will look at this and, and just see how every time they match up, Grace Point's inferior. Well, every time. And the thing if we- I hadn't seen Gra- Broadchurch, I think I would like Grace Point. Well, the funny thing is that we we were talking about too was we also thought was interesting. The, the only unique thing that they did different in the whole show that we could really tell mm-hmm. was um, even in terms of just shooting the thing was mm-hmm. there's that Roy Long opening track shot. Yeah, one shot where they pretty much go back and forth between the streets. One shot where they do it looks like it's just one shot where you meet. Oh, that was cool. And that a was lot cool. of the characters. And yeah. that was a cool tone. But the, the thing I think that the biggest problem with the show had was the tone of the whole show was off. And some of it is the, the fact they copied the well, writing. Some of the tone was on, but they kept losing the tone. Right. Like that, that creepiness that just kind of settles over everything and is yes. omnipresent in the British version yes, it's not comes and goes in the American version. Well, like the opening of the show opens up with, in the, in the BBC British version, mm-hmm. is it starts off, you're just going in weird places in the town, getting a sense of it's a quaint neighborhood, but yeah. something feels off. Right. And then you cut to the cliffs and, and this overhead shot and there's a boy standing there and you get a sense of his eyes, looks like he may or may not have been crying, something's wrong, and then you look at his hand and you see blood dripping, dripping, dripping. And then as you pan back over towards the ocean and over the cliffs, it just says broad church. That is exactly the same thing, but something Pretty close. But the, but then when the next scene, I forget what, what it, whatever the next scene is, is that it, it, Oh, it's the family waking up in the morning. See, that was the other thing. I hate the actor. They have playing the father. I think he's abysmal. I like, I think he's an okay actor. I just don't think he's good in this role. No, I I've seen him in other stuff. Uh, so I, I got almost no I, IMDb credits. Where to God I've seen him in other Maybe somebody similar? Mm, I can look maybe. him up, but yeah, he's got like no credits, and I was like, oh, that's why he's not good at but, all. Well, see, I, even the girl who plays the, the mother, I think, just, there's, I don't know. I she feel, overacted a bit, but she was much more tolerable than the father. Well, we agreed with there was a problem with some of the acting choices he was making. Um, well, I thought he was making acting choices, and then later in the episode, I realized he wasn't making choices at all. He just can't act. I did not say that. I don't agree with that uh, necessarily, but um, I know, but I think some of the stuff is sort of like that with just the way the tone is presented in each scene. It doesn't feel as you were saying, omnibus, ominous. What's the word? Ominous. 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 It feels ominous as it should be. And thus then the tone shifts. So then, 
and even and the same thing was with the writing and thus how Tenet performed. Oh, I must have been thinking about something else. He has a ton of credits. I was going to say, man. I must have been thinking of somebody else in the show that has like more credits. But, uh, uh, it's really, I just thought, like, Nick, I like Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte was actually really good. Like, he, he, was. he felt that was a scene again, but I think that's the performance and the acting. But the thing that bothered me with Tenet was is that I wasn't bothered by the accent. My problem was is that the lack of talking, which his character does, like literally he doesn't say much at all because he's mm-hmm. been through some shit, which hopefully the new show will get into, but he's been through so much shit that he's a very direct and silent guy. And in this version, it just doesn't play well. And the they, accent probably doesn't help yeah. with that. To their credit, they are only doing 10 episodes. Yes. Which uh, the British version was eight. So they're elongating it a little bit, but not much. And they've also come out and said that the villain of the original Broadchurch won't be the same. Right, so can I throw this out there? Would you think it's a spoiler? To tell who the original Broadchurch is? Yes. I don't think we should throw it out. I think people need to go watch Broadchurch. Mm. I do. Well, let me just say this. It was not who you expect. No, it isn't. And I I will say this, that the character, I like the actor who they have playing that character in the U.S. version, Uh and it made me very happy that that individual won't be the killer. Yeah. Because I really liked that person, and I was like, I like that person! I like that person when they were in... I'm trying to play the pronoun game. was in this particular movie. Yeah. And you were like... I liked that that person and that thing, where they did the thing. Right. And the other thing happened. Oh, yeah, and then there was that other thing at the end. Right, and then Joe Pesci showed up. Was he in something with was that person? <laughs> that was our entire conversation we were watching. We'll continue this. I don't want to say it. Okay. That's okay. All right, so, anyway, yeah. no, Broadchurch is great. Uh, if, you haven't seen, not... if you haven't seen Broadchurch, I think you'll like Grace Point. Yeah. But if you like Grace Point, you should then go and watch Broadchurch because it's better. Um, I wanted to ask you this, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'll remember it, so I'm going to ask you now. Um, you have the show that Rain Wilson's in, the hour-long procedural. Not yet. Okay. What, what's it called? I don't remember. That's the thing. Because I'm still working my way through. My brain gets these a uh, little. Oh my god! I need to ask him about this, and I forget. And um, I, I'm never near a computer when I. Uh, you know, I may not have got to yet because I don't watch things like I don't know what a lot of these are until I get to them. Fair enough. Um, like well, the next one, I think I have up is Stalker, and I don't know what that is. Well, originally I think it was meant for CBS, and now it's on Fox, and it's it's an hour long drama where Rain Wilson plays kind of like a detective uh, uh, like house. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I think that may be a mid-season show. Maybe it's mid-season. Okay. I, I remember the... Like, like Galavant is being held to mid-season. I love Galavant so much. I loved it, too. Yeah, I can't wait. We to talked about it a little bit, like, yeah. earlier in the summer when I saw it. Yes. And... It's yeah, phenomenal. It a, it's phenomenal. Nobody's going to watch... It's going to get two episodes yeah, and canceled. canceled. But I, I loved it. to say it. that. Well, it's, it's a medieval musical comedy. What kind of... That doesn't have a broad appeal. I know. And it's a good cast... The music's funny. It's well done. It's the same song. They they do it like four times, but it's just one song. I understand that, but it's yeah, but still, it's a good song. It's a good song. It is, and the idea the original is that music it does not not pop feel like it is the same song, even though it is true. You know what I mean? Like you have to really go, oh shit, this is it's hilarious, it's hysterical. No, wait a minute. There was two songs. Timmy, Timothy Oliphant's uh, King. Oh, you're right. That that one was different. That one was, but they repeat that one main song like four times. Oh, God, yeah, it's the whole Timothy Oliphant was awesome. Makes me sad he's the bad guy a little bit, but... He's not, like, bad, bad. I only feel like his wife is worse. Oh, his wife is horrible, which is like, Galvant, why are you with this woman, yo? Why are you Uh, so mad about it, yo? Anyway. There's only one other one I've seen so far, although I need to watch Jane the Virgin, because that's the other one that's getting good buzz besides Gotham. 
That's on CW, actually. Uh, but it's getting great buzz. Like, really, really good <sighs> buzz. You might actually have to check it out. But the other one I've seen is The McCarthy's, which airs really late in the season. I don't know why I've seen it early. I think I, I mixed something okay. up. Okay. It's a Boston family. Uh, they're all sports fanatics. One of them's gay, which was a big deal still in his little family. And uh, it's uh, Laurie Metcalf's the mother. The sister is uh, the girl from the newsroom that was Maggie's roommate that Jim dated. Oh, yeah. Love both of them. The guys are less familiar to me, um, although I've seen some of them. The main guy that's the gay is John Ritter's other son, not Jason, but the other one we you haven't seen. You were to talk to me about this, and then my eyes are starting to glaze over a little yeah, bit. The, the concept does not sound intriguing. Oh, it's so stale. It's so old. Like, uh, sure, I guess it's amusing if it, you like families that come from the 90s. Mm. Uh, other than that, it's not. You know what's really sad, though? I bet that this is still happening to someone. This is his story that he or his. Probably. Story. You know what I mean? And so that's, and I mean, you know, it's there's on, a part of me that feels really bad, but it's just like. It, but it's, just, it's on CBS, and CBS oh, has okay. success with this type of sitcom. So my guess is that it'll, it'll do well. It's a sitcom? It's yeah. not a drama? No, it's that's a sitcom. Like a drama. No, it's a sitcom. Oh, Jesus. I really don't want to watch it. I mean, I find sitcoms easier to digest, even if they're not as good. It's harder for me to give up on I, I think that's even more insulting that you insult me in 30 minutes and not an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you are so shitty that not even 30 minutes of it is worth my fucking time. Yeah, it's not great. You can skip it. Okay. Any other ones you want to talk about? That's that all I've seen. seen. Okay. By the time we do our next podcast, oh, I can probably do the rest of the fall pilots. Oh, wow. All right. Well, there, folks, you've heard it. If you have any uh, comments, you can tweet Jimmy directly at Jerome Wetzel TV, or you can just tweet us at the show at GoodBadGeeky or GoodBadGeeky at gmail.com as our email. You can write us there. And we have a voicemail. I just don't. It's on our website, GBGpodcast.com. 100 blow me. Just kidding. Oh! All right. All right, so thanks for listening, everybody. That was, I just don't know how it sounds, so we're just going to do that. Sure. Get out of here without cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Uh, go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place! What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what the song is that?